0: Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place.
1: Episode 204, Daredevil Season 2, Episode 12, The Dark at the End of the Tunnel. Hello and welcome back to Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am delighted to have you join me as we are wrapping up our Daredevil coverage. We just have this episode and one more, and then Daredevil is in the can, and we can move on to Luke Cage. So today I have a special guest host who will be joining me, uh, Michael Withers, and we'll be introducing him later. But we're going to start off the way we normally do, and that is with recorded phone calls from our original viewing of this episode. So without any further ado, here is what I just said I was going to do.
0: Opening statements.
1: All right, if you've been with us before, you know the score. If you haven't been quickly uh what I do is I'm going to play two recordings one from myself and one from Daniel Butcher who was the co-founder of this podcast with me and we are going to share with you our initial reactions to watching the Netflix series because it just doesn't work as well to watch and record and watch and record so and honestly it's been a year since we first saw this so um Yeah, so then after this, we will uh, get into the regular discussion of the episode. But first, we need to hear from past Daniel and past Ben as we (laughs) look into the past through the mists of time and the miracles of modern technology. So first, Daniel, let's see what Daniel had to say about
2: the dark at the end of the tunnel. Daredevil season two the dark at the end of the tunnel. Ah, yes. Ninjas make everything better. It's an age-old saying of Agent Daniels, And in this case, it's true. Ninjas do make everything better. I did enjoy this episode, but I did want to yell at Karen. Karen, doesn't that voice sound like Lex Luthor? And Thunderbolt Thunderbolt Ross and Savage Opress? This is not someone you want to be just chit-chatting over photos with. For heaven's sakes, girl, have you seen? This man's General Eiling. He's mean. He does nasty things. Come on, Karen. The voice, the face, the military uniform. He's no good. Now, I guess I didn't really see him as the blacksmith, but hey, what you gonna do? And hey, speaking about, you know, coincidence, Ben, are you freaking out over the coincidence that the shed just happens to have an entire gun locker and Punisher uniform? Just saying, how coincidental is that, wink, 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 wink. I think you can't argue that it is on General Eiling's property, so perhaps that explains it. But hey, I didn't see him as the blacksmith. Electra is the, as the black sky. I'm confused, because we already had a child that was born as the black sky. Can we have more than one black sky running around at the same time? So confused. So confused. Can someone explain this to me? How can we have multiple black skies? I got nothing. All right. Well, I got a finale to catch here in a little bit. Until then, peace out. Later. Bye.
1: Yeah. Past Daniel, I, I don't think um, <laughs> I don't think you understand black sky better now. Well, if you've watched Iron Fist by now, that is. Um, I I don't understand black sky. I I just don't get. All that stuff i mean we'll we'll get into it, but i, I don't get it <laughs> so I don't know how it works, and I don't know if I'm supposed to know how it works, honestly, that's not good, but it's not bad it doesn't make it doesn't make Daredevil bad
0: uh, and
1: i I mean Daredevil the show doesn't make the show bad, but well okay let's just hear what I had to say when I first watched this a year ago and and then uh, we'll we'll start the discussion with uh, with Michael and myself hello future Ben and hello anyone in the future who is with future Ben um, I'm just going to say insulting comment here for future Ben some sort of positive comment here for whoever else is in the future with. Ben, uh, I like you better than I like him, blah, blah, blah. Done. Pleasantries are out of the way. I have some statements. Daredevil must die. Nice ending. Stick is a jerk. A real, big, fat jerk. But he thinks it's okay. It's ends justify the means, right? I don't like Electra that much. And I don't understand (laughs) what's going on here. I don't understand the MacGuffin. I don't understand Black Sky or Sun. I can't remember now. It's late. Uh, I don't understand what's going on with all that stuff. I don't understand how it was the child, but it's also Electra, Unless it's something that gets passed. I'm hoping. I have one more episode left. And they spent so much time messing around with this Black Sun, Black Sky. Which is it? I'm so tired. I really... Should not watch these episodes so late uh, That's my fault I apologize uh, Midterm future Ben Tomorrow morning for you It's your day off though, you're fine uh, I, I I just don't like Where that is going Because I don't understand it And and so next episode I'm hoping they change my mind To really care about All this ninja stuff that's going on And uh, You know with all of the extra stuff that was going on last season for daredevil, I felt like it was buildup though, for what was happening, you know, later on in, in, in the, uh, Netflix corner of the cinematic universe. I don't know if that's true. Uh, the, a lot of that stuff is coming into play here. Not a bad thing, but I, I just want to see it. I just want to know why is this here? What's happening? Uh, Other statements, no boo. Uh, never expected to see him back and now he's actually playing uh, a a role here. And so, lots of unexpected stuff happening. That's good. I'm confused about a handful of things that's happening. That's not good. I'm hoping that episode 13 is going to give us a a satisfying conclusion. Uh, another statement. Karen. Uh, Smart lady. I like her. I wish she wasn't putting herself in this tight spot, but you know, it gets us where we, where it's going to get us. And Punisher now has a new arsenal and it almost feels like an origin story. Seeing him walk in and look around like that as if he's discovering his bat cave for the first time or something. Anyway, that's it later. Peace out. Well, Past Ben, interesting turn of events for you and for me uh, because it sounds like we're talking about two different episodes today. I am not going to give things away, but when I rewatched this episode, I liked it a lot better. I still don't understand the Black Sun stuff exactly, Black Sky. <laughs> I'm, I'm still a year later Ben, and, and we're still doing that. And you know why? It's because of Black Hole Sun. And every time you hear Black Sky, your mind starts going to Black Hole Sun. Black Hole Sun, won't you? I'm not going to sing it right now, but you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Anyway, yeah, it'll be an interesting conversation here because I apparently liked it better on the rewatch than I did on my original watch. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But there are reasons. There are reasons. I don't remember not liking it that much. So, well, uh for now i'm gonna go ahead and invite michael in on the conversation now and we will get started
2: case evidence
1: okay i'm back and i am not alone i have been joined by agent michael withers new to the show but not completely new because you've sent in feedback uh we've read but yeah how you doing michael
0: i'm doing okay i'm excited to be here
1: (laughs) all right yeah i'm excited to have you uh With the last couple of uh, Netflix series, we had a a few more guest guest appearances. But with uh, uh, Stuart and Samantha around, we've I've been able to just pitch things over to them, and they've taken care of issues. And
0: yeah, I've got to say, I'm a little (laughs) upset that I'm not finding out where the UPA is.
1: (laughs) Well, it's it's true because he's always there now, you know, and we just we don't have to introduce him that way anymore. That, that just used to be the way when he was sending in feedback. So yep. Agent Stu from the UP, eh? So, yeah. So we're here to talk about the dark at the end of the tunnel, or as I like to call it, a tale of two couples. Uh, because this, <laughs> this is, I. it wasn't until I got to the end of the episode this time around that I realized, wait a minute, we've got, we've got two couples here. We've got Frank and Karen, and we've got uh, Ellie and... And Matt. And, yeah, so we got just two little romances going on side by side. And so what we're going to do with our conversation here, um, if you don't mind, Michael, and I, I know you don't mind because we already talked about this. But <laughs> we're going to talk about Karen and Frank and Kurgan, um, or as as the show likes to call them, Colonel Schoonover. Uh, we'll talk about them first and that plot line, and then we'll jump in with, with Stick and Electra and... And Matt, Matty. So, um, I'm trying to think. Works for me. <laughs> I'm looking through my notes right now. I was trying to remember, was there anything with, with Foggy? And there is, but that's part of the Matt storyline, so. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll, we'll, we'll get Foggy in there, too. But, just, he makes a brief cameo, it seems like.
0: So. It is. It's like uh, making sure that he gets his name in the cast for this episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's in the beginning credits, so he needs to do something. But, I mean, in this episode, it was basically almost the equivalent of you know being being the sick character who just gets to lay on the bed, just be there. They're in the scene, but you know, and everyone's talking around them. But actually, it's a pretty important scene that he's in, and it's a pretty important scene for the relationship between Foggy and Matt. But like I said, we'll get to that um, when we get there. So, a tale of two couples, or the dark at the end of the tunnel. Uh, with with karen and and frank basically it starts out with karen and she's at the scene of the the boat battle where the boat has exploded and she's just standing there she's not quite in shock but she's just watching to see who they pull out of the water and uh officer uh, what's his rank i can't remember now but um mahoney tries to reassure karen that frank is dead it's okay sends her home but she goes to the newspaper office and has a little bit of a confrontation with the editor there who he's t- saying things like a real journalist just doesn't just up and quit and then you know why do you still care about the psycho murderer And he tricks her you know with so a little bit of double you know psychology there why do you care about the psycho murderer and she says because he's not a psycho murderer and she, so see story's not over so then he convinces her to continue with the story but to continue with the story she needs to talk to people who knew him and the person she thinks of first that knew him is Colonel Schoonover. So she goes to his house for the profile, because now it's not a it's not an um, expose. It's a profile about Frank. And she has a nice conversation with him. It's actually a really touching conversation. We can talk a little bit about the things that the Kurgan was saying. I mean, that Colonel Schoonover was saying <laughs> about, about Frank. But then she sees a photo, and the person in the photo is a person she saw that got pulled out of the water. And then... Schoonover realizes what she has realized and pulls a gun on her, takes her out to her own car. She starts the car and the radio is on and it's playing shining star, which is not a bad thing because that means that there's someone watching out for her. And then a car crashes into them as they're driving. Also not a bad thing because it's, it's Frank. And so when Karen gets out of the car, she follows Frank and Schoonover and Scoonover is speechifying to Frank about Kandahar. It says, you know, tell her about Kandahar because she, you know, she, she'll, you you don't want her to know about that. And, and she's telling, she's telling Frank, you know, you don't, don't kill him because then you'll be the monster they say you are, blah, blah, blah. And then she says, if you do this, you're dead to me. You hear me. And he says, I'm already dead. Takes Scoonover into his shed, into Schoonover's own shed. Looks at all the tools to choose his weapon, but then just pulls his pistol. One shot, one kill. You taught me that. Shot through the head. It upsets Karen course because it means he's dead to her now and then frank discovers a door a magical door that leads to a magical land a bright land full of magical trinkets and delightful toys basically he steps into narnia for homicidal anti-heroes and he does it's just guns and more guns and more guns and a bulletproof vest that if you look closely and squint just a little bit you could see where someone could paint easily the outline of a skull
0: i noticed that and he he had to touch it there you notice he's yeah. like oh look look if you look see yeah so
1: we in some ways this is still the origin story of of the punisher and how he became the punisher and this is how he discovered all those wonderful toys and you know we're setting him up for his own his own adventures here but this half of the episode then ends here with um basically frank finding the stuff that's gonna uh, let him turn into the punisher and yeah so that's the karen and frank stuff so uh you know what do you think i mean let's see here
0: well i had a question about the opening scene where she's at the boat there Sure, sure do you think that she's hoping to see him dead or hoping to not find him
1: yes I mean I think <laughs> I, I think she's really just hoping to find out what happened. You know, if if he's dead then it's over and he I mean really I think she if he's dead she's hoping he can rest in peace, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But if he's not dead then it's good because it's not over. And there's still time, you know, for him to get help and to get redemption and and all that kind of stuff. So. Now
0: is is there a deeper part to that? Because when she's talking to Ellison at the newspaper place, mm-hmm. she's she's really connected with Frank. And I think it's because of whatever happened in her past and somebody only being painted one color. That has a real big tie in with her. And I think she tries to help Frank. But in a way, she's really just trying to help herself to see if somebody like that can be helped.
1: I I totally agree with that. And. I mean, part of it is that, but there's also there was a deep connection because of her past. And I think, yeah, she's watching to see, okay if he can find, uh, for lack of a better word, redemption, then that means she can find redemption. And, you know, in that conversation with Schoonover, though, and they're talking about uh, Schoonover says something about it's unnerving the way he could just look into your soul or something like that. And, yes. and she just kind of smiles and is like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And then, and, and then, you know, Scoonover's talking about, you know, he, when he went on leave, went home on leave, he came back with a song from some silly children's TV show and it just infected us like a virus. And they, and they laugh and they have this moment. Uh, she's, she believes he's dead. I, I think she believes he's dead because they didn't find him. Um, of course, she probably doesn't read too many comic books and doesn't know <laughs> that when there's no body, you know if there's no body they're not dead or they're not going to She
0: doesn't die. look like a comic book reader.
1: No, no, I mean she's she's into law, you know, and, and stuff like that. So but she um she believes, you know, he wasn't a psycho murderer and she yeah, I I think you're right. I think that by having him be able to you know overcome this dark darkness and overcome what people think of him and 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 rise above what people think of him. Um, and I think that that might be some where the disappointment comes too. I mean, she's really she's really disappointed because and it kind of goes back to that whole idea of um, they talk about it with Electra in this episode and I can't remember if it was the last episode or the one before that where I think it's just the last episode where um Frank tells tells Matt, you know, if you do this, there's no going back. You you, you can't go back and This him shooting the Kurgan in the head. First of all, he's immortal. You have to chop off his head, you know, if, yeah, um, that's for those of you who are wondering why I keep saying the Kurgan and you're like, what does that even mean? It's, uh, that's how I know this guy is. We've talked about this, I think before, but it's been such a long time. I don't know. But, um, Colonel Schoonover, I know him from the Highlander, the first Highlander movie. He was the main villain and to kill the immortal, Beings in the Highlander. You had to chop off their head. And if one immortal being chopped off another immortal being's head, he got all of his energy and all of his power. And it's, you know, a classic old it's, 80s action cheese ball, but slightly more than cheesy.
0: Oh, it's much more than cheesy. That's an all. That's a great film. I named my son after one of the characters in it.
1: Oh, really? Interesting.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Angus, I'll never forget you.
1: <laughs> so, um. Yeah, I mean, he, when he shoots him in the head, that's kind of a, I think, the point of no return. That, to me, is almost that moment where he's chosen, he's embraced, I am the Punisher. I am exactly what they say I am.
0: And, well, and, I noticed that, if, if I can interrupt for a minute, I noticed that it's also, he doesn't expose, exposate, or whatever, <laughs> what is that word? He doesn't expose it. Exposite, yeah. He's, He's not the bad guy, so he doesn't have to explain everything that's going on or whatever. He just one shot, one kill. This is business.
1: Yep. Yep. And it's it's, and it's no nonsense. I mean, it's just this is what I do. This is what I'm going to do. And and you're here. You're my mission. You know that kind of thing. And Karen says it out out loud. If you do this, you are the monster. They say you are. If you do this, we're done. You're dead to me. And he just I'm already dead man he's just he i don't know if I would say he's embracing it so much as he's just accepting it as inevitable. It's just this is who right. I am, this is who I am now, and this is who I'm going to be and it's really interesting because i mean i i I said you know I'm calling this a tale of two couples, and I was joking about the romance part, but there is a lot of reflection between these two storylines that we have going on um it feels like we just have two separate storylines just happening right now. And this season kind of – this episode is the second to last episode of the season. This season has been building up to all this stuff with Punisher and all this stuff with Electra. But we've had kind of a divided attention. But we get into this episode and that divided attention in some ways is it's just the flip side of, of the coin. Where you have two characters, Electra and, and Punisher, and maybe we should save this until after we've talked about Electra. but uh, these two characters who are basically struggling with or not struggling with destiny, being who others say you are. And you have Matt and Karen acting as uh, the voice saying, you don't have to be who they say you are. You don't have to be who they say you are. Matt says it a bunch of times to Electra, but that's because he has more time on the screen than Karen. But Karen says it here, here to Frank. And it's really interesting because both of them come to this turning point of: do I kill this person who is an important person in my development, in my becoming who I am right now? The Kurgan, the Scoonover, taught Frank how to shoot a pistol. He, he's the first one to teach Frank how to fire a firearm. And Stick. Is the person who taught Electra how to be Electra. And so, I, 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 as I'm watching this, I'm thinking there's, there's some really good storytelling going on here. It feels disconnected because we do just have these two parallel stories going side by side, but they tie them in thematically. And that's what makes this episode work. And that's, I think, this episode becomes a linchpin for this season as far as this dichotomy of you have the Electra story and you have the Punisher story and they don't really cross except that Daredevil is a part of both of them. And until this episode where we see them thematically they they really cross. I mean, they just wrap around each other. And I this is some good writing. This is some really good writing. Now again, I don't remember what I've what I saw. So I don't remember episode 13 very much as far as how these two storylines come together. I don't remember feeling like they came together the first time I watched this through. So here, now, I'm like, oh, this is good.
0: <laughs> I have forgotten what comes after it. I've watched this episode several times getting ready for this this uh, podcast, and uh, I can't wait till I'm done so I can watch the next episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we, 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 are, we don't want to spoil anything anyway, uh, but it's kind of nice then to just follow it through again. And that's the thing I'm enjoying the most about the rewatch is I feel like I'm watching it for the first time. Again, it's just I happen to remember these really important moments. Uh, but this episode, honestly, with this episode here, I didn't remember a single thing until it happened on the screen. I didn't remember any of this except for um, where the ninja stopped using their swords so he couldn't hear the sword because that's how he was using his his powers to know where they were. Except for that. That's the only thing I remembered of this episode.
0: Yeah, maybe we should get into that that uh, story arc then.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're already talking about it a little bit, so let's, let's let's yeah, let's just jump into it. First of all, we get a flashback. We're in the past, and Stick is training young Electra, and he's watching her with another man who I believe his name is Star, who is critiquing her. And you know, she you know, we're supposed to be preparing for a war. What are you doing here with her? And then she beats the men she's sparring with and actually almost kills one of them because she just keeps beating him. And later she has a conversation with Stick and Stick says it's wrong to kill one of ours. And she says, but it doesn't feel wrong. And then he promises her a time and a place when she can just cut loose and he will ask her to show him what she can really do in their war. Unfortunately, he was looking forward to that moment when he's cutting her loose against, you know, Ninja. Instead, she's cutting loose against him in the present day, and they're fighting. And we we get the physical fight, but then we also get this, um, we don't know exactly why he wanted to kill her, but she thinks that he's just a jealous old man who's jealous of a disciple who's better at killing. And he says, I should have killed you a long time ago. And then the Ninja come. And Daredevil comes, and the ninja takes Stick away, and Daredevil is stuck with Elektra, and he has some questions. His main questions are our questions, I think. Why does Stick want Electra dead, and why does the hand want Stick alive? What does he know? And he, they're at cross purposes now. He wants to find Stick because he's going to save Stick. She wants to find Stick because she's going to kill Stick. So let's stop there because the next scene is the, uh, is the stuff I was talking about with Foggy. But again, I'm not remembering any of this. I didn't remember why. I mean, these questions get answered. What do this, What do the hand want with Electra? What do the hand want with Stick? And why does Stick want Electra dead? But this whole flashback thing, Stick is not good. He is not a good man. He is training these kids to fight a war, and I understand that. But maybe that's the question we could talk about here: is his motivation is there's a war coming? We need to prepare for this war. And so he's going to take these children and turn them into killing machines.
0: Now, one of the problems is that we find out at the end of the episode about why he's specifically training Elektra. But it it appears to me like he's the one that took her in the first place. And in a way, he's trying to save her from her destiny. I, so I don't yeah. know if he's being completely self selfish in in putting her through all this training.
1: It's a weird thing. I mean, we're going to be talking about it anyway. We're going to spoil this episode anyway. As we walk through it, she's the black sky or the black sun, black sky. Uh, where's my notes? Anyway, she's the thing. She's the black sky that the hand are looking for. She's been training all her life with stick to destroy the black sky. But he knew the whole time that that's what she was, and so this is where there's some murky motivations. I'm not quite sure exactly what's going on here, but he's definitely preparing her to destroy the hand to fight the. Okay, hand.
0: but if he did, as he says later, house train her, wouldn't he have destroyed the black sky spiritually, if not physically?
1: Maybe. <laughs> I mean, <it's> just, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Is it's it's there's some slight circular reasoning here that. I'm still not quite sure I understand exactly his motivations. I mean, it's clear that once he gives her over to the ambassador, she says you're going to find someone else to train. Well, he does. I mean, he starts training Matt. But he stays with her because he's the one who sticks her on Matt in the first place. Their their meeting was not a coincidence. It was it was Stick who was bringing them together. And yeah, I mean, so I'm I'm wondering how much of this would have been avoided if he just would have been open with her in the first place and been like, look, you have this darkness inside of you and I'm going to help you not have that darkness. I'm going to help you defeat the people who think we're going to worship you. And, and you're there. <laughs> you're, it's kind of a cool concept. If you think about it this way, where he's, she's basically the Messiah of the hand, but he's training the Messiah of the hand to actually destroy the, the hand. There's, there's some cool elements there, but I just, I just don't feel it's as clean as that in, in the way that they present it.
0: Right. Yeah. He's definitely got something deeper as, uh, Matt said, I don't know if it was this episode or last, uh, stick always has a plan. He always has a reason for doing something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move on. (laughs) In my notes, I put at the law offices of nothing and nobody, (laughs) (laughs) um, Matt is there and he's, he's trying to figure out where would the, where would the hand have taken stick and foggy comes in and they have a brief conversation about, you know, uh, the electric bill is paid to the end of the month. So you know you can do whatever you want here. Um, Matt apologizes to foggy. Foggy has kind of accepted that this is just what's going to happen. And, you know, the, Oh, I can't remember her name. The person from Hogarth's, um,
0: firm. Oh, I don't remember it either.
1: I can't remember her, but her they're, they're going to offer him a job because they think he's good at his job. And he realizes, you know what? They're right. I, I am good. I am good at my job. And that's nice to hear him say because he's always felt like he's been in Matt's shadow and here he's finally saying, you know what? I, I am good at this. And then Foggy says, this is the most important part of this conversation. Are you going to convince me that it's worth another shot? And Matt just says, no, I'm not, I'm not going to. And and we have a cathartic moment, if not a perfect moment of reconciliation, but it, it's a good moment for them with apologies and acceptance. And then Foggy helps Matt, uh, helps him get a lead on on where the ninja could be, courtesy of Foggy's bootlegger grandpa. And and then now we're done.
0: Well, one thing I, I noticed, um, if I can remember, what a, this is a breakup. This is. The couple has broken up yeah, yeah. and one of them comes to the apartment and takes their things out and it's awkward and it's, well, where do we go from here? I, I don't know what to say to you anymore. That's what it is. And it's it's funny to watch it in this setting.
1: Yeah, well, and it's, it's an amicable ba- breakup where there was a lot of hurt feelings involved. But at this point, there's basically both going to say we're going to look past them hurt feelings. and
0: hurt bodies too.
1: Yes, that's true. That is also true. <laughs> and yeah. So where are they going to go from here? Relationally, uh, it'll be interesting to see, but um, as far as the relationship is now, uh, that's where foggy says, you know, now we're done. And the law offices of foggy and Matt of Nelson and Murdoch. Um, it's now <laughs> nothing and nobody. And it, it's over. And, you know, Karen also gets that moment with uh, Ellison, where Ellison says, look, you just need to face the facts. This is your home now. You don't belong at that lawyer place where you're, you know, you, this is where you belong. This is you. You are a reporter now. You're a journalist. And there's a lot of endings here. Uh, basically wrapping things up so we can have more time and not worry about this next episode. So let's just get this out of the way. So next episode, we have more time for whatever it is we're going to have time for. Probably lots of shooting and fighting and ninja and um, yeah. But Karen is done. Foggy is done. Everyone is done with the law office. And in, in, in a way, the trio have broken up with, with the law firm. Sad. It is kind it of is. sad when you think about it.
0: They barely started.
1: <laughs> yeah, It's true. And, well, I mean, we barely saw them starting, but we get the impression that a lot was going on in between seasons because they are really busy when this season open. But it was all these kind of cases no one else would take. And they were they were the ones that you would go to if you had an injustice but couldn't pay or could pay in pie or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, well, and we'll talk more about where they go from here in in the next episode, I'm sure. But for now,
0: we're let's move on to the cover of the comic book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's that is a sweet shot. Is that what you're talking about? Where he drops? I um, am. I
0: I saw that and I was like, Oh
1: yeah, that is a sweet, sweet shot. Uh, What I wrote was bat in the tunnels. Great dramatic cinematography because he just drops down. The light is shining down on him. He holds the pose and
0: you've got that contrast with the shadow and the light it's terrific
1: yeah i I love that moment and then we get a lot of him in the tunnels (laughs) and he's he's searching and he's searching and he's listening in the darkness and he senses the blades just like Elektra taught him and we get a, a ninja fight in the dark and then he's searching more and he's following the trail and
0: no, I'm so glad that they were bouncing back and forth to the other couple's story at this point because <laughs> it would have looked like he dropped in the tunnel, walked ten feet, and had a fight with ninjas rather than. Yeah, yeah. You know this this lengthened it out and gave us uh, some more tension in it.
1: Yeah, and so now when he fights the ninja, they attack without using their swords, so he can't tell where they are. And then they also
0: stopped their heartbeats.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, that's why he had to listen for their swords because Electra taught him that. Um, you know, listen for the blades. Uh, but they come, and Stick is being interrogated. But and again, I forgot this moment. I totally forgot this moment where he starts whispering, and the guys who were interrogating him. Are like, he's 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 going crazy, you know. And but he's actually giving instructions to Matt. You know, listen they're not using their weapons and you were tracking their heartbeats, but that's kid stuff. You got to go deeper. Now track their breath. Uh, and so he
0: does, Is a breath really more difficult to hear than a heartbeat.
1: Well, you know, their, their control is controlled breathing still. And that's true. Uh, I mean, this is that whole ninja thing where they can like shut down their bodies basically and be almost like a dead, a dead person. And, and so, yeah, I mean, they, we're, we're going to give it. We've got to give it to them. I mean, the, the fact that he it's can, comic book. Yeah. The fact that he can hear stick whispering through however many walls and, and tunnels, but can't hear the swoosh of their the ninja clothing. <laughs> I mean, we, we've got to give it a little bit of Yeah, this. This is the gimme. You know, everything, everything we watch gets one gimme at least. And, and this is the one here. Um, Because the thing that happens is he can hear their breath, but now suddenly he's dodging their kicks. Yeah, (laughs) he's he's dodging things that aren't coming from, you know, how does he know where the kick is coming from? Or if a kick is coming just because he knows where the person's mouth is. I mean, the mouth gives him definitely a target, but he's able to dodge the kicks, dodge the punches, and
0: we'll just give it to them. There's a little bit of logic that's not explained here. That's for sure.
1: No. Well, and, and emotionally, here's what's happening, though. Emotionally, this is stick giving him that one last bit of training again i mean he he already gave him a bunch of training obviously you know early on in his life but one more bit of training this time it's to save his mentor but and that gives him the power up that he needs to be able to take on the enemy
0: it's better than just trying harder
1: yeah yes it is it's better than just the yeah it, it gives him someone who has helped him but then it allows him to do the thing that the person has helped him with. And, and that's the other thing is it makes him active. He is an active part of this. And but it, it also re, reestablishes that mentor relationship between him and Stick. So while he is dodging ninja kicks, Stick is getting fingernail torture.
0: And yep. so my question to you, Michael, <laughs> he's practicing Lamas. Yeah.
1: My question to you is, are you cringing? Right now with
0: this. I'm not.
1: <laughs> I, was. I,
0: I hate getting splinters under my fingernails, but it was just so much that it's like, uh, okay, it doesn't, if they had just like done a needle, just a little sewing thread needle and just stuck it under there. I would have been freaking out. But the big old bamboo shoots,
1: eh, whatever. You know, that's a legitimate thing though, where you are, you tend to react um, more When when you watch a movie and someone stubs their toe, then you do in some ways to when you watch a movie and someone gets, you know, cut in half by a a tiger trap in the jungle or something like that because you can relate much more easily to the smaller thing than you do to this bigger thing because that's that's a fantastical thing. But
0: I'm thank goodness you can't really uh, pull on your own experience of getting cut in half.
1: Well, yes. Now, there might be a few people who could call on that experience, but most people, that's the last experience that they're going to have. So, yeah. Well. Moving on, the fingernail torture is not super effective. I mean, he's doing a lot of yelling and stuff, but he's also, he's hes fine with it. Matt arrives. He fights the people who are interrogating him because he's defeated those ninja back there. And Stick also fights and bites Bites a guy, I mean, that was almost as bad as when my son was three, that that bite right there. I mean, that was a, a pretty bad bite. Um, almost as bad. Almost. I mean, my my son was pretty brutal. <laughs> when, when kids like to bite, man, that's just, that's the worst phase ever.
0: Is your son Mike Tyson? No, no. Because he took a chunk out of that guy's ear. <laughs>
1: it was pretty bloody. It was nasty. Uh, yeah, so then after they dispatched those two guys uh, we get this moment with stick and, and daredevil where they embrace and he's helping stick up, but there's, there's this kind of weird father son moment that they have together. Um, now it's <laughs> really bad father who trains young children, you know, from a young age to kill people and son who is trying to get out from under <laughs> that shadow. But Electra arrives, there's a showdown. He's not going anywhere. Uh, but then stick says neither are you they've got you where they want you and nobu comes with more ninja and there is this confrontation now about tell them why we're here tonight why you are here why that loyal one is here and why it is here and they make a very i mean they make a point to call her it and then
0: we get the flash and that gives us our flashback yeah.
1: the flashback where Electra gets attacked by the guy she almost killed, and then she goes ahead and kills him really quickly. And then Star confronts Stick about her. Why did you bring it here? You know what it is and what it can do. And if you won't kill it, I will. And Stick says, I'll take care of her. And then he kills Star. And that's. How now, see,
0: that's through. another reason why I think he actually cares about her, because she's not it to him. She's her.
1: Yeah. And and that's an important distinction here. I mean, she brings it up later. You know, if you call me it one more time, I'm going to I can't remember what she says, but she she gives him the threat because they keep calling her it. But um, I do. I think you're right. I do think he cares about her and she is not just a weapon in the war. She is a human and he cares about her. But But he's
0: a messed up guy.
1: Yeah. And he cares about her. But the war comes first and he puts the war ahead of anything, even people he cares about her or he cares about. So, yeah, but I mean, he kills the star guy and I mean, he he does it because the star guy is going to kill her I mean, he's he's keeping alive this thing that it, I mean, it'd be in some ways, if you want to look at the Christmas story, we're looking at Messiah again. You know, this is like with Herod killing all the the children. But then, um, you know, the angels coming and saying, Joseph, Mary, get out of here before they come and kill Jesus. Um, I mean, that's what he's doing here is he's saving Electra. If he really wanted the war to be done, he could just kill her. I mean, that would end a lot of what the hand was
0: doing. Well, it might change what the hand is doing. The hand has some uh, supernaturally kind of stuff that they mess with. So I'm not sure that it would just get rid of the black sky. It might move it to a different host or something for all we
1: know. That might be. Yeah. So this is where you mentioned the black sky. This is where after we come back from the flashback, Nobu says, do you know who we are? Do you know who we serve or what we serve? And the answer is the black sky. And then you're the black sky our greatest living weapon. They kneel in front of her. um, And she starts saying, this explains everything. And I'm saying, no, explain more to me, please. But um, I'm kind of with Matt as far as I don't exactly understand what's going on here. And he says, well, what is this? And this is where, um, the way Stick puts it, is the end of the war you don't believe in. This is the end of the war you don't believe in. And now we have this moment where Electra has to choose Electra has to choose if she's going to kill Stick, kill Matt and we have this confrontation of I mean good versus evil um, redemption versus destiny where Matt says the woman I know is still in there I'm just "Eh, you know I don't know if you actually knew the woman that you actually think you knew but
0: um, I know from what we've (laughs) <laughs> Found out about her this season. She's not a nice person. Killing comes pretty easily to her. Yeah,
1: She's a murdering murderer who murders and enjoys it and doesn't necessarily want to enjoy it, but does it anyway. And so I'm thinking, OK, uh, the woman, you know, I don't think ever was in there. Um but keep trying, Matt. I mean, you, you can still help her. You can still help her. It's just he's he's sounding a little naive right now. And I, maybe that's a good thing. I mean, he is definitely seeing the best in in people. And that's
0: if he couldn't, wouldn't he have joined Punisher and just killing everybody, though?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's one thing that separates him from Punisher. Absolutely. But now we're here at this moment. We're, here, we're at Electra's Rubicon. We're at the Electra's moment of no return. What she chooses here is going to push her... Either push... I mean, if she chooses not to do... You know, not to kill Stick and Matt, um, then she hasn't crossed that line. And maybe she'll cross the line later. You know, but the line here, she can choose to cross it or not here. And we get a flashback to where... This is where the scene happens where Stick gives Electra to this ambassador and his wife and says, use your head, watch these people. You can't stay with me because you're going to be hunted for the rest of your life. And basically, he wants to kick the can as far off po- as possible so that her destiny doesn't find her until the last possible moment as far as he's concerned. And she says, you're going to train someone else. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to find this blind kid in uh, New York. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he promises never to forget her, and we come back and we get this confrontation with Matt about love and choices, and eventually they all three end up on the same page. And Stick uses one of the fingernail torture sticks to stab a ninja in the throat. And the three of them then team up and fight some ninja. And, Did pretty well too. Yeah, they they do. And this is Electra's choice now, and she actually helps Stick escape. And. So now we know that you know Stick wants to kill Electra. He kicked the can as long as he could before she'd find out what she was. I think this is what's happening. This is my interpretation. Let me know if if you think I'm on the right track here. But he he wants to kill her now because she's about to come to become the thing that he knew was inevitable that she was going to become the black sky.
0: I disagree. Okay, so. I think that he was trying to housebreak her. I even think giving her to the ambassadors was trying to civilize her, you know, give her something yeah. other than just training to kill all the time. Mm-hmm. And when he found out, no, she really is turning even more and more bloodthirsty all the time. then he's like, okay, she's out of control. I was wrong. We got to fix this problem. Yeah. That's yeah. how I read it.
1: Okay. That's a, that's a good reading. Cause I'm, I'm still trying to process this and figure this all out here. But, um, this is where he says, Matt came to rescue, he came to save you, because he knew that killing me would have been your point of no return. And this is right, this scene right here where he's saying that is right after we had this, the scene with Karen and Frank, uh, where Frank shoots uh, Schoonover in the head. Right. And and so that's why, I mean, you just have this this dual thing going on here. We're spending more time with ninja fights. So, more screen time goes to the, the Electra Daredevil storyline. Um, but that's just because there aren't any ninja for Frank to fight. I mean, if there were ninja to, for Frank to fight, maybe this would be an hour and a half episode instead of just 50 minutes or whatever.
0: Um, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. And so then. I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I loved this line when he's like, uh, I, I wrote it down. I'll just read it out Matt didn't come to rescue me. He came to save you. I don't need to be saved. From yourself, girl. He knew that killing me would have been your point of no return. So he stopped you. He thinks you're worth saving. Earn that. I love that line.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: And this is where, I mean, Stick is
1: unreliable as far as being a moral compass. Let's put it that way. Um, but he actually does have good insight and, wa- and wisdom. It's just that he's also obsessed with this war and he's willing to make sacrifices that better people morally better people. If you're going to make a a distinction there um, or a value judgment wouldn't wouldn't choose to do so, but yeah, that, that whole interaction there is great. And Matt meanwhile is fighting the ninja again until he, he fights Nobu and this time he gets the upper hand and, and, Knocks Nobu down, but not out as more ninja come,
0: and He so, really, really got the upper hand quickly, too.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, he just schooled it.
1: And then the other ninja come, and, and Daredevil leaves. And Nobu wakes up, stands up and says the final line of this episode, setting us up for next episode. Daredevil must
0: die. Did he just come to that realization? That didn't occur to him any time in the past 11 episodes or so
1: no i think he's had the realization for a while it's just now he's making the declaration you know this is this is his point of no return where he's saying that we, we got to do this there's no other thing we need to do other than this one thing um and honestly if for dra- for drama's sake it's a great moment it is it's a really good moment so <laughs> yeah daredevil must die I mean, the
0: only way that's got to be an actor's that's got to be an actor's like, you know, one of their goals in life is to have the camera coming right down into your face. uh And you say that one line just
1: just full of rage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Daredevil must die.
1: I think the only way the scene could have been better is if somehow we would have led up to that scene. It would have been Fisk saying it. But no. And it's Nobu. and, And it's what's great about Nobu is we have history with him and. You know, Nobu has defeated Daredevil or come very, very close to defeating Daredevil. And yeah, I, it, it's as close to the ninja enemy that Daredevil has as we're going to get. And it's a it's a great moment. Nice moment. The whole episode is a bunch of nice moments, really. It is. Um, and I, I didn't find myself bored <laughs> with all of the, the tunnel listening <laughs> that Matt is doing. Um, it's. Yeah, I mean,
0: and again, I think you would have if it was just the tunnel. (laughs) But when they broke it up for a little bit, I was like, man, they're just jumping right back and forth. And I was like, well, there's a reason for that. I wonder if they had it more condensed at one point and then realized "Eh, this doesn't really work so well. We got to throw, you know, split these two uh, different storylines and, you know, really just cut back and forth.
1: Yeah, I I, this would be a great episode to have been sitting in on the, the writer's room where they are breaking out the the story beats and when whoever came up with the realization, look, Punisher and Electra, they are on the same trajectory and they are, while one is doing this thing and the other is doing that thing and they aren't exactly the same story arc, but it's the same trajectory for their story arc. And one of them will go one way and one of them will go the other way in this episode. And, when they're breaking this down, this this would have been a great one to just be able to, um, you know, get a peek in the writer's room and, and see how it all how it all came down, who came up with what and when and and or how much of it was just this writer who got the you know the assignment then to write this episode and yeah because it's well written and and, and now as I was taking notes for this time around because I didn't take notes the first time for Netflix we don't do notes or at least I don't. And I, I watch it and then just call in my initial reaction and then um, save the notes for the second time around. But this time around, taking notes, I'm, I'm noticing more of these thematic through lines and details and stuff. It's nice. It's good.
0: There I see. really enjoy the stories that are going on with these Marvel series.
1: Yeah. So the next episode will be called A Day... A cold day in Hell's Kitchen, which is, yeah, it's it's cute, it's nice,
0: it's, it's a nice little play on words. So, now if you ever find yourself in Hell's Kitchen and it's cold, there's a place called Fine and Dandy, and it's an accessory shop for the dandy gentleman. Interesting. Yeah, one of the guys that runs it was a grade or two ahead of me in school.
1: Huh. Well, I can't help but thinking about all the stuff. That you we used to say because of hell, Michigan, um, I mean, <laughs> hell, Michigan is no hell's kitchen. Don't get me wrong. But there were lots of cold days in hell, Michigan.
0: So, I imagine so.
1: Yeah. Uh, OK, well, any other thoughts here before we, we move on and give our ratings for this episode?
0: Uh, just everybody was trying to save everybody and they all had different reasons for doing it. And most of them failed.
1: well yeah I guess Schoonover wasn't saved Punisher wasn't saved because Schoonover wasn't saved that was the result of Punisher not being saved Um, Stick was kind of saved rescued he he was things went went better for Matt than it did for Karen let's put it that way definitely Yeah. yeah all right well We're going to give our final verdict here now.
2: Final verdict.
1: Okay, Michael. So this part, I I know you know what's going on, but just so that the person who's listening to this up or this uh, podcast for the first time ever, this is the section where we come and rate Netflix episodes. For some reason, we only rate Netflix episodes, ABC stuff. We didn't rate movies. We don't rate, but Netflix, we do for one reason or another. So, out of five, and we're going to go with uh, fingernail torture sticks. Uh, we got five fingers. So out of five fingernail torture sticks, how many fingernail, to- <laughs> fingernail torture sticks do you give this episode?
0: I am really tempted to go with the full five. It was really excellent episode. But there are just a couple little things that like just tweaked me enough so I'd say 4.75. <laughs>
1: So so that tip of the fingernail torture stick that um, was stuck in the ninja's neck, you're not going to use that part of it?
0: No, no, he can keep that. Okay,
1: all right. Um, I'm going slightly lower than you. Uh, normally, uh, every episode, I, I've just given solid fours to, but I'm going to give 4.5 fingernail torture sticks out of five fingernail torture sticks. Um, That's solid yeah, it's it's more solid than a four for sure. but this is I really appreciate the writing on this one. I really appreciate the thematic stuff they do with this one. and that's what pushes it beyond just being a four, which makes it just a really solid, solid episode. but I just can't give it a five. Uh, I, I just can't and it, and there's nothing that sticks out to me that makes me say it's not a five. It's just it's just the whole episode I look at it and it's just not it's not a five. And and I, I wish I could point out something that makes it not a five, but it just doesn't
0: feel. Well, we, we had the comic logic with the hearing.
1: That's true. Yeah. Some things, but not others. OK, so there's 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 definitely one part there. And. Yeah, but overall, yeah, really good, a really good episode in a really good season. So and, and this episode actually makes the season better, I think, by tying the themes of the Electra and Punisher stuff together. I think so, too. I just wish I could remember, although I'll know very, very soon how well plot wise things get tied together in the next episode. But I guess we'll, we'll wait and find that out. We'll find that out soon, soon enough. So, uh, before we go then, uh, Michael, I, this is really our last words. So, um, if you have any final words for the audience, now is the time. If you want to thank people or, or do whatever. Um, and then I'll have my final word about this episode.
0: I got nothing. <laughs> I'm, this episode just really drew me in. That's all I can say about it.
1: All right. And I just want to go back to something I said about, about my son. who was a biter. Um, he isn't now. He hasn't bitten anyone recently. But I, I do want people to understand, you know, it's painful raising children. Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcome to level 7.com/slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177-55 Level 7. You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash welcome to level 7, or by following us on Twitter where we are Level 7 Pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think laugh and succeed at noodle.mx learn how to podcast get productive in your personal and professional life theorize over tv shows laugh our clean comedy learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at noodle.mx thanks for joining us until next time godspeed Black hole sun, won't you come and wash away the rain? Black hole sun, won't you come? Won't you come? And now, if you were in high school or in college during that special time of the 90s, it's stuck in your head. You're welcome. By the way that video still creeps me out and what creeps me out even more is that my kids have these like beanie baby stuffed animal things that have the same exact eyes as those people in that video when their eyes are getting all big and their smiles are getting all big it it creeps me out man it creeps me out i just look across the living room right now and there's one it's an owl Ugh. Oh, but those special effects in that video still hold up better than special effects in Blade and Blade 2 and Spawn. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. That's, that's our Marvel connection to Soundgarden's Blackwell Sun video. And this is the final of the post-credits. I, I promise no more after this.